And welcome into Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken here off Sutherland, joined by Kate Mays and Jason Swain. Matthew Butler will be here momentarily. Tennessee coming up with Florida on uh, Saturday at 7 o'clock. It's a night game, that on ESPN. Kate, how you feeling, big awesome. guy? I feel great. How do you feel? I always feel good, man. Me too. How's the... Uh, you finally got to live out that defensive dream Saturday with the uh, with the tackle and the uh, yeah. fumble return. Take, kind of take me through that. You know, usually in those situations you get juked out, but you, you still try to make yourself look decent. And I thought I was going to get juked out. He hit a little high step, and then he stayed on the sideline. I was like, oh yeah, this is my this is my opportunity. So you know, form tackle brought me back like pee wee football. Is it, is it the first time you've got to make a legit tackle since uh, maybe since, since playing defense playing high school? Yeah. Um, I mean, I've had the opportunity to make tackles. Like I said, usually get juked out. They're a little more athletic than we are, but made it. Uh, we bring Matt Butler in here. Matt, you watch Cade. Did you get to see his tackle Saturday? Were you watching yeah. that play? What did you think? You're a defensive guy. Hey, I mean, <laughs> he, he knocked the crap out of dude, so that's all I need to know. Nice, nice form. Was yeah. the form. Was the form good? Yeah. Good pursuit. Some people said Low it should have been targeting. Level. I mean, I, that's pretty cool, honestly. Yeah. Offensive lineman getting targeting. Don't see that very much. Yeah. I wouldn't have complained. I thought you was gonna, I thought you was gonna get targeting. Cause you hit him. You hit him. You hit him pretty good. It was a great form tackle for sure. You get the win on Saturday, um, fifty-six to nothing. You 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 came out after that play. Didn't go back in. I know you're good to go for this weekend. But just kind of take me through. You know, the, the time you got to play Saturday, what do you feel like you learned about the offensive line and what did you see out of some of those younger guys? Yeah, for sure. I feel like they went in there and played hard, you know, played pretty clean for their, for uh, you know, the inexperience that they've had, you know, playing in the actual game. Uh, just played hard, played to their assignments, and, you know, I was proud of them. It's always good to see the guys that, you know, don't get that, you know, limelight get to go play every Saturday. They get to go in there and, and play and, and, you know, play good. Look out for them. What about you, Matt? What did you say of some of those younger defensive linemen? I mean, hey, go you go back and watch the film. You see some of these guys who maybe don't play as much. Uh, you get a guy like Morvin Joseph, get a sack. You know, you get quarterback pressures by, you know, guys who, you know, don't get to see that action every week. So it's good to see development all across the D-line room and, you know, get all the way down to the younger players and maybe the more inexperienced players. Good to see. In three in three games, man, how 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 have you graded yourself and how have you graded the, the rest of the group there defensive line? Um I don't like grade myself. I really try to just be receptive to coaching and stuff. So whatever he's telling me, whatever grades on paper, uh whether it be great for a bunch of plays or bad for a few of them, you know, you just uh take it all with a grain of salt and get better. Just as far as the whole D-line, we still got work to do, and that's a good thing. It's not like we're, we're behind the eight ball or anything, but this Saturday is our chance to, you know what I mean? If you're a dude or if y'all are a good D-line, you're going to perform versus SEC opponents, so that's what we're trying to do. You've been to the Swamp before. Just kind of take me through, you know, what it's like playing in there. Take the fans kind of through that, what they, you know, what, what it's like to be down there in the arena, you know, on the field with all the that's going on there in Florida. They like to play a lot of music and stuff, and they try to get their fans really involved. Uh, it's usually muggy down there. They got these weird little bugs flying around. But, like, I mean, outside of that, it's a it's a game day atmosphere. You know, it's always better to play at home. But even when you have a chance to go into a, a 
a different place and, and kind of take over, you, you, you relish in those opportunities. Those bugs about that big, ain't they? Yeah. And, and they look they, like little birds. Yeah, and then they, like, <laughs> they like mate together, I guess, and they fly around. Wild flying. Wild. And they're, they're, like, stuck together. It's Florida, man. Yeah. Weird stuff happens down there. Yeah, sometimes you got to take your visor off because, like, they'll just land on your visor and stay there while you're playing. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. It's Florida. Cade's getting excited. He thinks he's going to get to go on a hunt Saturday. No? What's the limit on bugs at the swamp? <laughs> I've, never actually, I've never even been to the swamp. This is my first time. That's, oh, that is right. Because when you know you were at Georgia, that game's a, a neutral site game, and then here you've only been here two years. So is that something that kind of gets you excited to go down there and go someplace you've never been? For sure, yeah. I've had a lot of great opportunities, you know, play in, in really cool atmospheres and a lot of stadiums, you know, around the SEC, around the country, and just – you know, being able to play in a new one, new environment, I've always heard, you know, great things about Florida's game day atmosphere. So just going down there and experiencing it would be awesome. Uh, Matt, give me – I mean, you've been here for, for a while, man. you had a chance to hang out with the guys and kick it off the, off the field. Uh, on Sunday, we uh, had a chance to sit down with Alante Taylor, and you know, I asked him – you know, who is he the most happy for on this football team? And he mentioned you. I mean, he mentioned you because of the adversity that you've been able to overcome and how you're playing right now, leading. Um, if I asked you the same thing, who, who are some guys on the team? Who, who is maybe one guy that you are just super, super happy for at this point in the season? Who would that be? Man, I feel like I would be doing people a disservice by just saying one name. I'll just say a few. Like, okay. uh, you happy to see BY. BY finally gets the opportunity to play, play well. Had some juice off the edge. Had like six tackles. Like you know, that that's great to see. Uh, happy for guys like SP. Um, so on page, he he, you know, you see a pick six, and happy for Jalen McCulley. That's his first pick of uh, his career. I mean, shoot, just even that. Me and Alante were real close. I can say Alante. I can say anybody on the team. Uh, him and I have gotten real close. I'm glad that he's been able to come to the SEC and perform. Looking forward to um, seeing the whole O-line, some of the young guys who, like, you know, I go against maybe during practice, guys like R.J. Perry and guys like uh, Big James being able to go in there and just actually play in a real game. So, I mean, man. I could really go up and down the list. I, I would be doing people a disservice if I didn't keep on talking. So Matt Butler, who named the entire roster that time, <laughs> minus uh, who did he, he leave out? He left out Parker Ball, and uh, that's about it. Oh, oh Salmon, the tight end. Yeah. <laughs> well, my, my goal is to bring Matt Butler out of his shell. He is so reserved. He he, he started to come out of his shell, Kate, a couple uh, last week when he met with the media. He, he has struck up a deal with Smoothie King, and yeah. and, and so. <laughs> He, he says, Matt, I'm going to go use that. I'm going to go use that Smoothie King card after this. He, he starts, right, he, he starts you after you eat at Gus's fried chicken. Um, he, he starts his media thing by saying, hey, the guy that asked the best question gets a free smoothie. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> Starting to flash the personality. Look at him yeah. grinning over here. Yeah. Look at him grinning. So, uh, same question to you. Like, out, out of the – don't take Cooper off the board. That's your brother. But – Besides him, what, what have, who have you kind of been happy to see have a strong start to the season? Yeah, I'll just go on the offensive side of the ball. But I'm like, Matt, man, just seeing everybody just succeed and play well, people that, you know, like this past week that don't usually get that opportunity going out and playing well, 
it's awesome to see that. But guys like Jacob Warren, who've really just, you know, exploded these first three games, playing good. Guys like him, you know, Jimmy Callaway coming off his knee injury, you know, getting that big touchdown, um, just building some momentum into his season. And then, you know, guys like Jerome, where he was hurt most of the year last year, couldn't, couldn't really get healthy, playing good. Darnell, you know, making the switch to left tackle. Sprague's coming in and, and, you know, competing hard, playing hard. Just guys all over the offense. I'm just happy to see them in there, you know, competing, learn how to play, and, and you know, just taking steps every week. So I, I want to echo Jerome Carvin because, I mean, he was kind of like – Matt, you were here for all that. He was kind of like that sixth man. So, like, he was never good enough to start, but he was never – you know, he was never far enough down the list of red shirt. So, like, he kept playing just minimal amount there those first couple of years. And to see him kind of get that shot – as a guy that's went against him in practice, has that kind of been good to see? You know, oh, that's been great. I told you I was going to do somebody a disservice by not mentioning somebody. He mentions Jacob Warren, Jerome Carvin. Like I'm not like this with them. You know, I don't think they think you're distant. You just, hey, you just stayed on the defense. You went side. defense, yeah. You yeah. went defense and K went offense. It yeah, happens that way. I mean, I, 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 I'm, I'm beyond proud of proud to see Jerome what he's doing. You know, he he made the transition these past couple weeks playing center. I think he's a great guard. I mean, shoot, I've seen him play tackle. So just seeing him develop in our program, seeing him develop as a player, I mean, there's, there's not much you can even say. You just have to really appreciate what you're seeing. Look what you're seeing right here, though. You are seeing two linemen getting love with the NIL, man. Usually you see all the receivers. You see the, hey, the top need loving, too. Yeah, and you see uh, the quarterbacks. You see the running backs getting all the love, skill position players. But we got two linemen in here, man, getting the love today. I love it. Having done high school features and college features for 15-plus years, the best talkers, bar none, are the linemen. Because they have a lot to say because no one talks to them. You're right. I mean, it's without fail. Uh, By the way, uh, breaking news, uh, it's not major breaking news, minor breaking news, Tennessee will not play Army uh, in the 2022 season, Tennessee getting out of that game, they will now play Akron. Uh, you will likely, you will likely not be here, and you won't be here. You don't, uh, so it won't matter to either one of you probably. You, so, uh, but we don't, uh, we don't want those problems. The 2022 season unveiling though is coming up within the next few minutes. So you'll see where Tennessee's playing, um, and, and what pecking order they'll be playing their SEC schedule for 2022. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a good move, man. That's a good move. Yeah, not exactly. saying that. You know, Tennessee doesn't have better athletes than Army. That's not the case, but it's just the it's like the Georgia Tech it's the game. System, man. You remember the Georgia Tech game? It's, it's just yeah. hard to hard to prepare for. It's the system. It's it's that's one the, time. It's the Daniel Batula game before him. Four hundred and thirty-four tackles. And it's hard to talk trash too. That was a crazy game. It's hard to talk trash against service. Players. I feel like those. Cause what are you gonna say? Like, thanks for your service. <laughs> Get up! Thanks for your service. Do you know what time we got back from Atlanta that Georgia Tech game? Oh, it was like 4 a.m. Five. We didn't leave Atlanta until one. Excuse me, we didn't leave the Mercedes-Benz Dome until one. Cause y'all bus over, right? You bus didn't. No, I shoot, I don't remember. That was a long time ago. All I know is we came in the locker room. I looked up. It said 12:45. I got on the bus at about 1, 1:15. We left at 1, 1:30, 1:45. That's why you fly. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, let's take our first break. When we come back, we'll get to know Matt. We continue to get to know Cade, but we'll get to know Matt. I'm going to ask some questions about, like, favorite things from college. Like, when you have those memories and milestones of going to a certain class here and there, what will he take from his experience at Tennessee? We'll be right back. We're watching Tennessee Prime live from Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken off Sutherland Avenue.
telling my story this week. Welcome back to Tennessee Prime. We've got Gus's world famous fried chicken here off Sutherland Avenue. Cade Mays, Jason Swain, Matt Butler. All right, Matt, so we'll get to know you. Pull back the, uh, the layers here. You've been here for a while. What are the key moments, not football, okay, as a college student that you will take with you? Like, you know, like a class, a, a teacher. A, a friend that you met that's going to be a lifelong friend um, at your apartment complex or whatever. What, what are the key moments from college? Not football, just college. So, I, I don't go out, I don't party a ton, but that first summer when I got here was like the height of my life as far as <laughs> yes. partying and stuff. And then, you know, I just went to like a few. You know, I'm, I'm thinking it's the height of my life. It really wasn't. That first off season though, there's going to be some nights that, you know, I just go to just go ahead and go to the grave with. I'm not going to talk about, you know, it's just crazy. <laughs> but on the other hand, you know, I, I met my girlfriend in college. I met her at a party. I probably shouldn't have gone to on a Sunday night before I had an exam the next day. Don't ask me why I did that. No clue. Peer pressure. Yeah. It, Yolo. Yeah, actually, that, that's the. That's the <laughs> come on. Come on, man. That's not what's even. Your, what's your nickname? What they call you? I have a lot the of nicknames. Yeah, they, but, they call come me Come on, that. the butler. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Come on with us. No, but that's exactly what happened. Like, there, there was a there was a, uh, a fraternity had crossed the yard, and it was on a Sunday, and they had an after party after. So I went, regardless if I had an exam the next day or not. Met my girlfriend there. You know, God works in crazy ways, doesn't he? And then, you know, you have just... COVID in general and kind of being the only people on campus, all that craziness. And also, you know, this is just not happening, but just some of these really cool things with NIL. Like, I've been able to meet a lot, ton of cool people. Like, you know, I've been able to make myself a little bit of money. I've been able to coordinate in things that, hey, maybe it doesn't work out now, but when I'm a professional, it's going to work out big. So those are just a few of the things. So when you when you come out of COVID and students go back on campus, was that just nice to walk to a class and and you know have people walking around you for a change? 
it's cool until you have to drive on campus and you're just driving and somebody wants to dart out in front of you. It's just like, oh, they've been in the house all day, so it's just they're willing to risk their life just hopping out in front of your car. Tell them the truth. It's terrible. It's terrible. It's terrible. I'm just being honest. That's why you get Javante Payton and his car to go in front of you. That clears everybody out with the exhaust on that thing. Yeah, yeah, you're right. You got Javante Payton and his exhaust. You have Kingston Harris and his. Hey, if, <laughs> if, they, if, they, if they're leading and me and Kate are behind, then we'll be good. But I'm not going to lie. It's actually terrible. <laughs> you got a chance to go to uh, uh, Rwanda, Africa, during 2019 for the uh, Vol Leaders Program. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of people that want to go to Africa and experience Africa and go to a different country. You know, how was that for you um, kind of before you got there? And then when you got there, was it different than what you expected? No, it was like kind of everything I expected and more. Like, I was African studies minors. So I, I knew a lot. I, I grew up knowing a, a few things. And then just being able to experience it and actually just kind of engulf yourself in the culture. I got to learn a little bit of the language conversationally. I was able to communicate with people. There were people that thought I was Rwandan just because I knew how to say, like, Marajo, hello, like, you know, stuff like that. So, I mean, man, we would be out here all night if I was to go on a, on, on a uh, rampage just talking about my experience in Rwanda, but there's still people in Rwanda to this day that I, you know, every couple weeks or, you know, maybe after a game still get in contact with me. I'm still in contact with them. You know, that's a place that I'm going to take my family. That's a place I'm going to take my future family. That's a place I'll take, like, my close friends and stuff like that. Like, what, great what, experience. What did you learn during that experience that you brought back with you that you that you live by today and, and it helps you each and every day just like to like togetherness like you know we live in a world where like everything is so polar you know everything is kind of everywhere um you take individuality and it just is on a huge scale now everybody's so different but like we're all the same at the same time in a lot of ways so you know, just togetherness, being able to just appreciate who people are, appreciate who you are at the same time, and then come together and where you have similarities and then just talk about where you have differences. You know, you have a country that went through a whole genocide like 20, 25 years ago, and you go there, you wouldn't be able to tell. So, All right, Caden, making you feel lonely over here, so we're going to flip it back to you. If you could live in any time period, what would it be? Pre-cell phones, probably like... Like born in the 80s. So me, good. Yeah, 70s is too long. I wouldn't want to be born in the 90s because then like you're like behind the technical like advancement. But I feel like you're born in the 80s. That would be like the perfect time. Like, yeah. You get to, like you get to grow up and like actually get to an adult life before cell phones and stuff come out. And so you really don't care about the whole technology thing. But you get to live your whole like your prime years without cell phones. Yeah, we had we same had, question for you. Beepers. I'm pretty content living in the time period we're living in now. Like, there's a lot of cool stuff and technology. Like, I'm not a huge cell phone guy. Like, I'm more on social media now because of NIL and who I am more than the fact that I like social media and all that. But I still like, you know, the the, the coming of age. I, I like the time period I'm living in. All right, so last week on the show, I told everybody I was going to tell a story about Cade Mays and myself. Most people know I've known Cade for a while. And so Cade was coming back from a high school basketball game. Was you that your junior year or senior year of high school? Uh, uh, I think it was my sophomore year. Out of the way, Cade could drive. And 
his family was on the other side of Tennessee. They were in West Tennessee. Duck hunting, right? Yeah, I think so. Everybody. Cade, Melinda, Cooper, Camp. And I get a phone call. Look down. It's like 11 o'clock at night. And it's Cade. Hello? Hey, man, can you help? And, and you can tell he's bothered. Cade had run out of gas coming back from Greenville and was literally off the interstate at Cedar Bluff. So I went out, helped him get going, went on his way, and that's why they call me Uncle Austin. <laughs> so real triple A. Yeah, I know. Did you not have triple A? I don't have triple A. More importantly, more importantly, he didn't. He needed somebody because his parents were not around. Um, I wouldn't have called them anyways. Correct. Well, I know you didn't want to tell them that happened. <laughs> so, um, when when you look at you know, kind of your your college career, I was asking him this: take the football out of the game. What, what memories do you have? Take the football out of it. Or take the football out of it. Oh, memories. And take I have. and take the take the video games out of it too. Now, now what are you left with? Sure. Let me think about this. is a, This is a good question. This is like a deep question, juicy question. Um, man, I would just probably say like like living in the dorms. Probably like I hated living in the dorms, but like I don't know. Like the friend, like I made like some really close friends with the people that live in the same dorm with me. And I hated living there, so like we were, and they all hated it too. So like we would always be bouncing from room to room, like just like our floor got really close. Like we were friends with everybody. Sure. And that was that was a really good time, like my freshman year. But you know, just our life is made up so much like football and just school. My favorite like football memory probably of whole, like my whole college was last year during quarantine. Like every Wednesday we'd go to Copper Cellar and eat the half off burgers and like the like. More about the hanging out and the, sure. and the bonds and the, the friendships. Yeah. Just hanging out with everybody. Yeah. And especially in a time period where you didn't really, like, that wasn't, like, we took it for granted. Like, you didn't, you really didn't, like, you weren't able to go out and eat for some months and stuff. And then football season rolled around and then we all got to be around each other again. And so that was probably my, my best. How many nicknames do you really have? We got the butler. That's but really That's it. it. That happy nigga ain't from high school, but that, that's really but, but here, it's, it's the butler. Yeah, yeah, Cade and, and a couple of my former teammates have called me, like, Matthias. have no clue why. It just came, it just came about. But if you go somewhere and say the butler, you're, you're going to know. That came from the Kentucky game. I guess I got a sack at the Kentucky game my junior year, and I'm chasing this dude all around the pocket. I forget his name. He was quite an athlete. Um Chasing Terry. dude all around the park. You said what? Terry Wilson? No, not not Terry. It was the dude when Terry got hurt. Lim, the, Lim Bowden. Lim Bowden, Lim Bowden Jr. Yeah. Chasing him all around everywhere. Sacked him. And the announcer says, there he is again. The butler did it. And <laughs> that Sunday or that Monday when we came in, they played the TV version. And since then, that's what everybody's just called me. Are you familiar with uh, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Yeah. So for Halloween, you can dress up as Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> and, be, and be the butler, right? That'd yeah. be perfect, right? That'd be perfect. I'm not going to lie. Coach D brought that up like two days ago. He's trying to be like my advertising and, and marketing manager. Uh, Does that mean he's going to be Uncle Phil? Yeah. yeah. That'd, be, that'd be perfect, man. Hopefully he don't kick me out too often like he did with, uh, Jazzy with, Jeff. with Jazzy Jeff. Jazzy Jeff. 
<laughs> yeah, man. Um, just reading your bio, you have a uh, three-year-old daughter. Yeah, yeah. During last year, during the quarantine and during most of the season, she was living here with me in Knoxville, uh, working some things out there. But, you know, that's like my everything. That's the reason why I do what I do. I really should have brought that up. It's just another memory. It gets so I mean, I've been here for way too long. It just gets so discombobulated in my head. But that, that was probably just the best experience of my college career, just being able to, you think it would be super hard, right? Like school and COVID and football and workouts and take care of a two-year-old at that time. Really, it was just fun. I mean, that, like, you know, it's like every, your whole world's right there, so everything's okay, right? Yeah, so that's how it was. It seemed like, you know, most people will probably be afraid and scared and, you know, be confused about what to do, but uh, it kind of clears things up for you, like your yeah. purpose yeah. And, and why you do what you do. And, you know, you have a, a mission, you have a goal, and uh, you are determined to get there because, you know, you have someone that's depending on you. So, um, yeah, man, I, I played with some guys that had kids, too, and they had the same type of focus. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was really cool. All right, so Cade, everybody knows this about legacy. His dad played here. His, his uncle played at Tennessee. But do most people know that Matthew Butler's cousin is Anthony Richardson, who played basketball in the mid-'80s? Yep, I don't know how you found that out. I probably told you at one point. But, yeah, I mean. No, Chris Lowe, who's really good friends with Anthony Richardson, would kill me if I didn't mention it. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, that's yeah, I am. That's, that was part of the reason why I came here. I have, like, a little heritage here. Uh, my cousin, Marjorie Butler, who most oh, Knoxville yeah, Marjorie Butler, yeah. you know, she is Knoxville legend as far as basketball. Went, went down there. to the other school. Yeah, she went down to the other school. She's in med school right now. If she's listening, congratulations to her. She just passed one of her med school exams. But, you know, so, yeah, I have a little bit of uh, heritage here in Knoxville. It's part of the reason why I came here. What, what were your other choices besides besides Tennessee? I had two local schools, uh, Duke and NC State, probably NC State a little bit more than Duke, and then uh, two real football heritage schools with Texas A&M and Penn State, and, you know, God just led me here and been here since, probably a little too long, but it's all good. How long did it take you to not be homesick, or were you a guy that, once you got here, you were good to go, did it take a couple months? No, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty cool, it was pretty good to go, like, once I got a car, that's kind of what killed the homesickness. Like, if I get a more than just a regular two-day weekend, like, it's just a straight shot on 40 to get home, you know, just hang out. And then my parents can get here pretty easily to hang out with me if they want to. All right. When we come back, we're going to break down Florida. We're going to talk about the matchup with the Gators and get you set for Tennessee and Florida coming up Saturday, 7 o'clock. You're watching Tennessee Prime at Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken here on Sutherland Avenue.
And welcome back to Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken here on Sutherland Avenue. Tennessee Prime alongside Cade Mates, Jason Swain, Matt Butler. Um, guys, you got Florida this weekend. It's a, it's a big one. First SEC game, Cade. Uh, first road game of this season. Um, what, in, in watching Florida on film, what are you impressed by? Um, their D-line plays a really good effort, uh, really good tenacity. They use their hands really well in pass rush. Coaches do a really good job of getting them in good positions to rush the passer on third down, freeing up, you know, one-on-one pass rush matchups. Um, do a good job on the back end, on the secondary, just covering people, you know, just covering all those phone lanes, uh, holding the zones and stuff. And then, you know, their linebackers always fast, physical, downhill. What about, what about offensively? So with their offense, they have, you know, two good quarterbacks who can bring a whole different dynamic to the game right in the ball. You know, that, that, that gives them a whole different dynamic. It gives them, you know, a quote-unquote advantage. Their offensive line, they, they play together. You know, uh, they, 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 they play downhill. They're not playing sideways or anything like that. Their receivers, they're known to have fast receivers, receivers that can catch the ball. But uh, even that almost kind of goes on the back burner just because both of these quarterbacks can't really run. And then uh, they, they showed a lot of fight versus Alabama as well, you know, and, and they're, they're not taking any crap or anything like that. Versus having having, right. having played them at the end of last year, it's not been that long, it's not, not that many games in between. How different do they look, though? Because, you know, they go from Trask to Emory Jones and, and Richardson at quarterback. How, how different do they look from that standpoint? I think the biggest uh, difference is just the, the running quarterback with uh, Emory and uh, number 15, I, I don't know his name, but – just the, the running dynamic, you know, they, they can make it happen with their legs. They both have uh, some speed. I think that uh, their running backs are pretty good as well. I think that they play downhill. They're willing to play tough. They're willing to block and stuff like that. So they, they, they have a good team. It's not a whole heck of a lot different than last year from offense. It's just the running dynamic. So you contain it, you tackle, you know, that's that's how you make it happen. Are you are you a guy that likes away games more than home games or, or? – do you like home games a little bit better? Which one do you prefer? I don't It's football. You know, I, I love playing football. So when you get an opportunity to play in a great environment, one way or the other, like, that's, that's always great. Now, I, I probably wouldn't like away games if we, like, had to play at Bowling Green or at Tennessee Tech. Like, that, that would be pretty, you know. Boring, right? Yeah, I mean, this <laughs> is what it is. Like You do that every other year when you go to Vanderbilt. Yeah, you, you're right about that. Vanderbilt last year had uh, our families and their families, so. Yeah, that's that's about it. So that that was not a fun away. Why are you smiling, Jason? Because I don't want to create any bulletin board material. I want to say something. You know, I want to talk some trash about Vanderbilt Stadium, but I don't want to put these guys oh, in the bad situation. Oh, no. I mean, Vanderbilt, they're they're a great like academic college. school. They have they've had some athletes come out. They had a D lineman last year get drafted, if I'm not mistaken. They have a player. Just last year specifically with the dynamic of COVID, there wasn't nobody in there. Just yeah. thinks, it just thinks playing college football and, like, no one coming to see you. I mean, it, it just I – could, I couldn't imagine. So, when you look at, at, you know, going up against this Florida defense, um, what was it that Alabama did last week to have success? But then Florida able to kind of control the line of scrimmage there in the second half and give their offense a chance. Yeah, to be honest with you, I haven't watched the whole game. I haven't watched, like, I've just watched mostly just cut-ups, like, personal cut-ups, like, sure. people just, like, pass rush stuff, how they play the run, how they play the pass. So, I haven't watched, actually, the game. So, I, I don't know. What, 
is there one guy on that defensive line that, that you know, you'll have to really be cognizant of and, and yeah, know where he's at at all times? Definitely not only one. You know, all of them, they've got a great front four. They've got a Mike linebacker, number seven, Jeremiah Moon, I think his name is. You know, he'll roll down and, and you know, rush the passer. Um, Brenton Cox, uh, Zach Carter. Um, they had a dude transfer from Auburn and then another guy from Penn State. So, I mean, they're just, they're really deep in the front front four, and then they've got a lot of different packages to get different guys in, you know, position to rush the passer, do what they do. Swin and I talked about this on the locker room Sunday night, um, just believing you can win a game like this. I mean, Tennessee's won this game twice since Jason was the last team to go down there and win at the Swamp in 03. They won in 04 and 16, but that was in Knoxville both times. Um, how much of it is an a inner belief in getting those around you to, you know, say, hey, that, those were teams of the past. They, they're not part of this team. Let's, let's believe we're going to go in here and win and go do it. I don't even think that that's something that you need to acknowledge in the locker room. Like, if there's anybody who maybe doesn't think that we're going to go down there and do what we do and kick their barns, and they probably aren't playing anywhere. So that's not even something that needs to be acknowledged. I mean, I've played Florida um, four times before now. I played in three of those games. The guy who I'm going to line up against for a lot of uh, the game on Saturday is somebody who I've I faced for the past two years and, you know, had some success, and he's had some success. So, you know, it's, 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 it's personal to me. I haven't beat them yet. And if I have to convince somebody that, you know, we can go down there and beat them, then, then they're, they're, they're not somebody I want to play next. Is, is this your third time to the Swamp? Yes. Okay, Jaquan Blakely brought that up today. It's his third time. I mean, that's a rarity, because, but because of the COVID extra year, mm-hmm. you know, you get to go to a, a venue three times. Yeah. Uh, Kate, um, about about this crowd that you know Tennessee is going to face this weekend. Uh, we saw last week how the crowd came out and showed up for the Alabama game. Uh, offensively, have you guys started to prepare for the crowd noise? Yeah. And uh, you know, don't give away all the goodies or anything or the secrets, but you know, how have you guys been able to prepare for the crowd noise and have you guys had the, the speakers playing at practice? Yeah, actually busting the speaker today at practice. So no, pretty funny. We've been, we've been working on a, um, something that's very effective, not only for this game, but, I mean, a lot of games down the stretch when you play in the SEC, it's loud. It's hard to hear, you know, your quarterback. It's hard to hear the people next to you talking. So, you know, just, you know, really communicating with all that noise going on at practice and then, you know, doing certain stuff, you know, with the snap to help, you know, get everybody on the same page. Yeah, working one, on it. yeah one thing that stands out is, like, the first couple games here, you've noticed that when the opposing team is getting ready to go up on the center, there's music playing, but they have to stop it at a certain point. Well, Tennessee's offense goes so fast, I don't know if Florida will even have time to even play their music uh, to even make a difference because, you know, we're up to the line of scrimmage snapping uh, so quickly. So uh, that's one thing that kind of stood out to me. How, how do you feel like the tempo can kind of thwart the – the crowd in a game like that, especially uh, if you can, you know, sure. those first couple of plays are so pivotal to the drive. Yeah. Especially if you can get a little bit of rhythm in early in a, in a set of downs. Just going really fast, like you know, if you get stopped fast on the first and second down, and then you go, you, you know, you catch them with their big package or their first and down package on third down, it really keeps the crowd out of it because, like here at our games, like you hear the dude on the announcer thing, it's third down, whatever, like all that stuff, <laughs> and you know they don't get a chance to do that because I mean we're lining up. We're not enough snapping up third down. Third down for what? Yeah, you know what I'm talking about. But you're going, you're going so fast that it doesn't allow the crowd. Like, the crowd doesn't even know it's third down at this point. Like, they've already ran two plays in 15 seconds. And 
I think it just kind of keeps him out of it. But I know, I mean, you get a dead ball or something, and it's third down, it'll definitely be rocking. The good news is Cade will replace Jeff Jarnigan one day <laughs> as the PA announcer at Neyland Stadium. Probably not. Thomas Edwards needs to do that. Anybody? I'm serious. He, he, Thomas is, Edwards. he is Captain Unbelievable. Energy. Unbelievable, like, announcer voice. Unbelievable. Remember he did the spring game? So refined. Yes. <laughs> and I saw Thomas the other day, and I told him it's the most phenomenal video I've ever seen. <laughs> Thomas, if you're out there, I love you. <laughs> Speaking of voices, the deepest voice on this team is Matt Butler. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Matt, the first time you guys went up against this offense uh, in a scrimmage situation and you really got a chance to experience the tempo, you know, how, how was that for you? Was that a big adjustment? Well, I can't, I can't give out all the secrets, but the way that they set up practice makes makes the defense work. I'm gonna just say that. To make the know. games easier from the yeah, standpoint of like very easy. Like even the, even the first time that we like legitimately scrimmaged the offense, it was almost a little bit easier than the way they have practice set up. Because the way they have practice set up just puts that much stress on the defense, and it makes us that much better. We get our calls in faster, we get set faster, we're able to play faster, we're going, 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 and you know it makes you process the game faster. So you, you you're getting better at the same time. Where's this defense? I mean, like, you guys in the first three games are just playing so sound in a lot of ways. I mean, everybody's going to make a play on you from time to time. That's football. But, I mean, you, you look at, you know, I think seven of the eight quarters, you've given up 20 total points in those seven quarters. Um, like, where's been the growth? Is, is, it, is it as simple as change of a little bit of change of philosophy going from last stat? I'm not asking you to, like, slam the last stat. I'm just saying maybe making it a little easier um, you know, terminology-wise, going from the last staff to, you know, Coach Banks and what he's wanted to do? What, what, what's been the mix? Um, without saying too much, you know, when you have a lot on your plate, then there's a lot to eat. Sure. And you might not get done eating it. If you have something on your plate that you like and that suits your taste, then you're going to eat it and it's going to be done. And that's, you know, it's going to be a good meal. So, so what's on your plate? Gus's. <laughs> smoothie King. Gus's Smoothie King for dessert. There we go. <laughs> Matthias, man. Sophisticated. The butler. <laughs> the butler. So, basically, simplifying it allows you to play faster and think less. It does. And, you know, it's not that, it's not that like, um, maybe our situation in the past was an issue. It's just, like, maybe that doesn't work for everybody. You know, so, like, situation in the past worked fine for me in some ways. It worked fine for a lot of my teammates in some ways, but maybe it didn't work fine for everybody. So, you know, we take a little bit of a dent. And that's not a knock on the last staff. I liked everybody on the last staff. But, you know, it's just a change of scenery, and we obviously like the scenery as a defense. Okay, flip it to the other side. I don't know how many assistant coaches on the offensive side last year at the end of the year were telling me, Hey, you know, if they had been back, they were going to push to simplify the offense. Last year's offense had too much, too too many checks, too much, you know, to, to learn and, and all that going forward. Is it is this is this way easier to, to understand terminology standpoint? Um, you know, last year I felt like our offense was very simplified, very vanilla. Um, like like so as an offensive line, like. You didn't have too many blocking schemes, like too much stuff going on. Like it was really easy to, you know, get the call in and, and you know, snap it. Like, How different was it for you versus what a wide receiver would have done? I have no idea. Okay. Probably, probably a lot different. 
Yeah, okay. I'm sure they got a lot of different route checks and all that stuff, but as far as an offensive lineman, last year was really simple. This year, with going fast and like having to see, like what you see on film is never how it turns out in the game. So you know, you watch film, you get prepared, and you've got all these little like little minor details, minor little things that go on in the play that can completely change your rule. And so going fast, it makes it it makes it a little bit harder to you know make sure you get you see what you need to see. But you know, we've been doing it we've been doing it since you know the new staffs got here. So. We're all kind of comfortable with it and stuff, but uh, I feel like they're both, I mean, they're both not hard. They're both pretty simple, for me at least. Butler, um, hearing about, <laughs> what, man? That's his name, man, Butler? Matthew Butler? Butler. So, hearing about five, 10 years, maybe 15, 20, uh, when you come back to Knoxville and you walk in the streets with, with your daughter, uh, what, what do you want people to say about, Matthew Butler, number 94, when he played at the University of Tennessee. They say, man, you was you was blank. What do you want people to say? I mean, man, I mean, that's probably not something you think. That's a really good question. If you would have asked me that question that day that I gave Free Smoothie or whoever asked me the best coach, you would have got the Free Smoothie for I got, sure. I got Free Smoothie cars in the car, too. So. Oh, okay. So I'm, I'm loaded, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, I, I, I'm already knowing, but, okay. you know, I'm a guy that I'm consistent. I'm going to give you the same thing every day, and I'm always going to get better every day, too. So, you know, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that when I come back in Knoxville and however many years that they know, know me as the guy who, you know, was part of this year. You know what I mean? Like, we, we have, you know, forget what happened these first three games, like the good and the bad. Like, we have nine more games left, guaranteed. And these nine more games, I'm trying to, like, leave a real legacy. Not only me, but just everybody around me. And I'm trying to leave impact other people around me as well. So that's almost what I want people to know me for, what's about to happen. Not not all that stuff in the past. I mean, I mean, you can look at the past. I mean, we, we weren't good. Why would I want somebody to remember me for that? Just remember for these next nine games that we went out there and kicked butt. like it. No, I like it. Jerseys. What's your favorite jersey to wear? The orange on white, white on white, orange on orange what is it the real answer is this, the smoky gray uniforms from my freshman year I feel, I feel like that's the only answer that's that's really the only answer if anybody's saying anything other than that then they're tripping those, those, those were some of the best jerseys in college football you I don't care I would like us to have some black on black jerseys black on black what was it 2006 2009 that was the uh they waited too late. They had them screened on. <laughs> they had them screened think on. Think about it. Think about it. Like, black on orange, like, would be, like, one of the best combos in college football. Black, like a matte black helmet, orange tee. Especially if you played on Halloween. Yes, black face mask, like, black jersey, orange numbers, details, all that stuff. Like, it would be hard body. Like, the, or- the orange stripes going down the black pants, I'm telling you. Yeah. They might crush the smoky gray uniforms. Uh, Matt, what you think about that? You said what? I said they, that might crush the smoky gray uniforms. Yeah, that would. That, that's it. Especially like if we play with, like, Tennessee a Halloween, something like that. Like the black jerseys? Yeah. Like, that should have that should have been, like, a 2000. When did all the crazy jersey combinations start coming out of college football? Like, 2012 at Oregon. Yeah. It, like, it should have like, been, like, a 2012, 2014 deal. 2014, probably. Who knows? Maybe you guys will get black jerseys. Who knows? I hope y'all. I hope y'all do, man. I hope y'all do. You never know. You never. You never know. Um, 
before we get out the door, um, just J Jason asked you kind of a, a look back at, at you know what what you want people to remember you by. I will always remember you by having the deepest voice on the team. You never get like you, you're never too high, never too low. Like I, I never see you get really excited, but I never see you go in the tank. You're just kind of even, steady Eddie. When you run through the tee for the final time, is this going to be just kind of a jog through? You got anything planned? You thought about it at all? I, I don't know. You're going to cry? I'm not going to sit here and lie to you. There was a point in my life last year where I was like, yeah, this is going to be my last time playing kneeling when we were playing Texas A&M. And I kept my helmet on the whole time, but I was all over the place emotionally. Like, I couldn't believe that, like, that was might have been my last time playing at kneeling. I was all the way messed up. And then, you know, I played kneeling the first game like, this past, what, three weeks ago. And it's just like, oh, okay, welcome back to kneeling. But this year, I have no clue. You, you're going to see something, though. I'll come out of my show a little bit. I'll come out. Like, yeah, yeah. I'm holding you to this. And I, and I won't let you know. Hey, I'm not going to lie. This weekend, you'll probably see me come out of my show because things are going to go as planned. And, I mean, we're going to – I can't use certain languages on, on live. You know what I'm saying? We, we're going to act a fool, for real. That's all of us, though. You, you, you going white on white this weekend? Do you, you know what you're going? Uh, what are we wearing, Kate? What do we decide on? Is it a secret? I don't remember what we decided on. You know I don't know if it's a secret or not. Is, is uniform combination supposed to be a secret? I don't know. I have no idea. I think it's might be white on orange. I don't know. I don't remember what we what we picked. Yeah. I know Alante said on Sunday night he's a big stormtrooper guy. He likes the white. He loves white. stormtroopers. Yeah, me too. Oh, yeah. I can see Alante being big wear. into the uh, into the uniform combinations. He's probably president of the uniform combinations. <laughs> if we were to appoint anybody as president of uniform combinations, it would be Alante Taylor, 100%. <laughs> That's a good thing, too, because me personally, I love the smoky grays. The black idea is great, but, like, it doesn't really matter. I'm taking it. I'm putting the jersey on to, to take it off with the win at the end of the day, not not living it. What did you wear in high school, number-wise? I wore 45, and, of course, that number is retired. Sure. For a very good reason here at the University of Tennessee. And then I wore 79 when I had to play, like, offensive line and stuff like that, running around with my Garner Trojans. Was it Hawk? Did Hawk give you 94, or did you get to select 94? How'd that work? I picked 56. You have Kurt Majit, you have Chuck Smith wearing 56. I was going to be the next 56. Look at right? this guy. He's like, right. diving back. I like I was, I was very excited about that. And then I came in, uh, I guess, the end of my sophomore year, and they were like, oh, we have to play you on special teams. We need you to wear a different number because you can't have two numbers on the same film. Guess you can go back and watch all the tape my sophomore, junior, and last year. I didn't play no special team. I was mad that they made me change my number. Very mad. It happens like way, man. It happens that way. Yeah. I know but, guys and I was going to change it back. I had an opportunity to change it back this year, but it's just like at half, this point. Half the team changed their number this yeah. year. Do you ever look around and go, who is that? Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, like Latrell came out versus Bowling Green. Big O, Big O, twenty one. I've gotten used to Big O. I, I haven't gotten used to Latrell's my roommate. Like I've known this dude, and we've been through everything. I was a captain for, for Bowling Green. He came out, and I turned around. Who's that? <laughs> and I, I haven't like it has not resonated with me that he was eleven and not eighty eight anymore. So like, that's just what it is. Whereas you switched into back to sixty eight when you came back. 
Yep. Just like high school. Just like high school. Plowing Fox people over. Fox. <laughs> what's, what's the number over there at Catholic? You know, like it. Uh, 9245, I think. I don't know how I remember that. <laughs> I think it's 9245 Fox Lotus Drive. I don't know how I remember that. No, 9245. You know, at, at, at Knox West, Who's they just Catholic say 3300. Oh, gosh. I don't know who they play. What do they play, pal? No, that's week, um, that's week 10. So that's the week before. I can't believe Powell ducked that smoke all four years I was in high school. Hope somebody's out there watching this. <laughs> crazy. You going to come to that game? It's a Thursday, isn't it? It is a I'll Thursday. Big, big Walter Nolan. Yeah. Playing against your alma mater against Trevor Duncan. Another good lineman for the, for the Irish. Yeah. Who did Catholic play last week? They got throttled by McCauley. Is McCauley good this year? Uh, well, I'm just basing uh, off the, uh, I don't know how good Catholic is. Yeah. Catholic. Hey, I went to the Catholic Fairway. Catholic beat Baylor, I lost to McCauley. Impressed. I was impressed with Catholic when they, I mean, I watched the Maribel scrimmage. Catholic definitely won that scrimmage, just like we should have won my senior year. But, you know, four of the refs were Maribel grads. It's crazy how that works out. Yeah. Okay, we're going to dive out. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> Good thing we in Knoxville, not Maribel. <laughs> Jason knows the stories all too well about what happens at Maribel. Anyways, for Matthew Butler, Jason Swain, I'm Austin Price and Kay Mays. You've been watching Tennessee Prime. Here from Gus's World Famous Fried Chicken on Sutherland Avenue. See you next Tuesday, everybody.